Hello and welcome to the Data Driven Supply Chain Podcast. Uh, we have with me my usual partner in crime, Yasin. And the topic today that we have is a little bit controversial and spicy. We're going to be discussing remote work and how does remote work work in supply chain and manufacturing? Does it even work? Does it not work? And to just put things a bit in, in perspective, there's the far right side in remote work kind of headed by Elon Musk and, and people around that, which is like almost remote work is banned unless unless there's a strong reason to to basically be working from home or working remotely. It's all, all in the office. And then there's a left thing, which is usually um, a lot of software companies, GitLab, Shopify, and others. And uh, on this side, it's like, hey, it's going to be only remote, fully remote. You can work from anywhere in the world you want. And there's a lot of company out of Silicon Valley, especially tech companies that are sort of siding here. And then there's the mainstream silent majority, which I guess now is tilting more towards the hybrid side of things. Like, hey, we don't want to be fully remote because we think we should meet sometimes. And we don't want to come to office every day because if you do that, you know, your people are going to quit and they're going to leave. So they kind of took this middle path which is two days in the office, three days, um, and something around that. So, yeah, I know, Yasin, you have very bold opinions about this, and you've had them over the years. A lot of people have noticed it as well. So uh, what do you think? Does does remote actually work or not work? And you've been running a company fully remote for some time. So what's your, what's your like, initial thoughts on remote work? Yeah. Just to give context about what we're even talking about this, uh, uh, if you if you see our on our on our previous episode, there's a, a recurring theme of like labor shortage because this is one of the biggest challenge for some of uh, the company that we've we've talked to that we work with, um, and uh, um, ultimately what happened is that they tried to gift perks right, so to attract more people and stuff. Um, one of this perk is uh, uh, hybrid kind of kind of environment where you can work from home, you can work. And in, in the in the factory or the office, if you want to, um, and um, this came up to my mind because uh, last uh, two days ago I was uh, in a in a in a big office um, with some big executive in a big company, and they've asked me um, as a remote company, how do you make it work? I say for us, a big big co, um, and then they they were saying all of the problems that they had with uh, re remote, which I knew they would have based on their setup. Um, so that's kind of synopsis. Uh, and to give context, we don't often talk about the company in the podcast, but uh, Axia is a fully remote company. Uh, we, we barely have an office, so kind of kind of a virtual one. And the whole company is operating uh, remote. I'm a very, very high, uh, adamant supporter of remote. Uh, I think it's the it's the way forward for uh, in in most instance uh, currently. Um, what I said to this executive is, in your setup, absolutely not. Don't don't go to hybrid. Like hybrid is a big big mistake. Um, I was advising this uh, um, this executive in uh, uh, a company that is manufacturing physical thing. Um, to instead of trying to do the middle uh, of, of uh, middle ground, um, to go fully in office. And the thing is, this this the, where they are, their their main facility um, is like an hour drive 
with like a lot of traffic uh, from uh, from uh, uh, the the nearest the biggest city. Um, it's not easy to get in. There's like nothing outside, so it's uh, its own bubble. Um, in my mind, um, instead of trying to do this middle thing, you go full spin on being uh, uh, making an awesome in-office culture. And if this thing is possible. It's not like it's impossible. Even in software, some company decide to go there. Let's say Google decide to do that. Apple, they make like big HQ and stuff. Um, I think it's uh, it was it was needed when they were getting started, right? And then the uh, the culture built from from this point on. Um, and I think it's very difficult to change a, a a culture that was made first in in office, and then you try to switch it to like fully remote. In the case of Google, uh, Apple, that's what happened. And Apple has hardware, so it's even harder. Um, I think Google could could technically go fully remote and it will still work. I think they could make this transition. It, it will be hard. But if you have an anchor point in your company, which is uh, uh, the thing that you're making is physical, and you, in some people absolutely have to be there and have to do sh night shift and stuff like that to make it, the thing run, like it's happening in manufacturing company. Um, I think in this particular case, um, you should not try to make uh, an hybrid uh, type of company. I think in the long run, it will hurt. Um, it will hurt the, the company. So that's my, <laughs> I put it out there. This is my pretty radical stance on this subject. And I've talked to a, a lot of uh, uh, manufacturer, both small and then bigger company that was manufacturing thing. And my assessment of this is that, uh, yeah, absolutely not. You try to make it like the most awesome in office culture. So that's that's my cool. uh, my stance. Cool. Very interesting. You say that. Okay. So so there's the there's the mainstream folks, right? So the ones who are on the shop floor, bending metal and doing all of the the labor work that is sort of required to to produce, and then there's the back office staff, right? So you have your procurement team, supply chain teams, um, um, marketing, sales that don't necessarily have to be in the office. And we know there's a labor shortage on this side as well, because they're being poached constantly by technology companies and, and other companies where they, they do get these perks. So what, what advice would you give about this part of the staff, right? Should they be in the office? Should they be on hybrid? I I, I know you have a strong position against hybrid, but how do how do company executives navigate with these positions? Because they don't really need to be in the office, and them not being in the office or having this sort of like create everybody else these second second degree citizens or something in the company where they start to feel this complex. So, yeah, help me untangle this part of, of how yeah, do you think sure. what should be done? I'll start first with like, um, why do I think in most cases hybrid is a, is a complete mistake? Um, and um, the executive was was telling me like uh, stuff that I've heard like a hundred times over with like, because the, the pandemic was very rich in company, like dabbling in, in hybrid work and stuff. Um, so I've seen the same same issues. And you, you can see these workplace kind of like almost collapsing um, on themselves because it's it's as if like everybody is disconnected. And you can when you talk to the folks, they are kind of not in sync with the others. Um, however, when you talk to a fully, fully remote company that completely embrace it and you talk to any one of the folks, usually they are well connected together. 
um, even to the point where two people that never met in person, when they get together, they know everything that they has to do with the work that the other people are doing. So what's up with hybrid work that make it so, so uh, uh, disconnecting like this and making people feel like outsider or not? It doesn't, it, it's not about the proximity, the, the physical proximity. Um, it's about the communication. Um, that's that's kind of all there is to it. And uh, if you look at, at the two extreme, when you have a fully remote company, um, to make it work, absolutely, even if you do it by mistake and you try to make it very synchronous type of remote work, let's say people always are in meeting and stuff, at some point people are like, this sucks. This sucks to be always in meeting. So the next thing you do is either you go back in uh, fully in office and you you screw you say screw it to to remote, um, or you figure out how to make it work without having always to be synchronous because then um, you can actually reap the benefit. And the main benefit of remote work is asynchronous communication um, and and a heavy heavy bias toward documentation. When this happens, you uh, you need a way way less meetings to get in sync with your, your colleague because everything is documented. Um, and if you don't like that, if you don't like asynchronous communication, if you don't like to document your stuff, you like to be to be on the action, on the move all the time, um, what will happen is you're going to get filtered out from these company and you're going to gravitate toward that uh, in-office type of culture where you, like, it's always like this and you don't need to document as much because the information live in the mesh around like uh, the office kind of. Um, so what, ha what ends up happening is that people that are fit for remote and that like this asynchronous communication will be there. And it worked really well for um, setup where you don't have to be there to see the stuff that you're making, right? So in a, in a machine shop or like uh, if you're making boats, plane, you have to see the things, right? There's no, like, there's no robot that you can control yet from, from your home. Um, if, if you're making a software, however, you're not going to see the software if you're there physically. You're going to see the dude looking at the screen, looking at the software. But to look at the software, you're either going to have to look at the screen or you look at the screen. Um, but the software lives in between uh, in between you and like a, some some ether, right? So if you're far away, what it does, it what what it do, do create is you don't have any option but to to document to communicate through tasks, to like uh, Slack, Discord, whatever, um, which ends up making the software uh, much more well-documented uh, just because there's this constraint that is there. Um, so that, that makes, that makes the, the thing work for, for this particular use case. Um, and now you have hybrid. And usually when we say hybrid, it's not like the remote people having the perk of having an office. Right, because that is also hybrid. You can get that, and this is fantastic. That sort of of uh, hybrid toward the remote is is absolutely amazing. You can get that by giving people like some some money to get some office and then just be there, and then a small one. Or you do like Shopify and you have a bunch of coffee shop around like hubs, and then people can go there and then they meet together. It's it's all good. There's no problem with that. The problem is like when you have. Uh, uh, an absolute requirement to be in the office and then you try to push some liberty of being remote because what will happen here in this in this particular uh, hybrid which doesn't overlap with the other kind of hybrid is that uh, the people in the office will not document more their stuff right they will communicate 
how it's beneficial in office to communicate, which is synchronously, which is fast paced. Um, and the yeah, people that are for... not there, they don't have this luxury. Either they're going to go into a meeting and then uh, like, have you ever been to a meeting, you remote and everybody else in office? It sucks, really sucks. You cannot see the people like clearly you can't yeah. move your stuff. It's not the metaverse yet. So like you're you feel like you're you're kind of cast away and you don't get as much information as the people Absolutely. that are there um so it ends up being um uh information poor for both folks so the in-office people they're gonna start to be mad because they don't get all of the information from the out-of-office people hey i've tried to call you and you were not there yeah i was like driving my kid to the school because I'm, I'm remote today, so I can do that. Yeah, but I need this information. Okay, but I, I'm just going to write, you just send me an email. Okay, but I need now. I don't have time to do this type of stuff. And then the people that are remote, like uh, uh, the hybrid uh, style, um, they're going to look at the Slack. Nothing is happening today. They're like, okay, what's up? And then oh, they receive like a tons of, of meeting. They go into a meeting and then they stay at home, but like they have like their whole block there. They don't function that well. So it's a very, very poor, poor experience. And it's nowhere near what you get in terms of freedom, in terms of like um, uh, uh, a liberty to, to do your work and do your work uh, good in a fully, fully remote setup. So that's it. The problem is in this instance, it's purely information. And I think there's no way, in my opinion, to, um, to reconciliate uh, well um, in this type, in the manufacturing sector, when you have like these folks and these folks. Um, and what I think we should do if we come back to salespeople, uh, procurement folks, marketing folks, um, you have to get the folks that are actually like to be in office. And it's not everybody. Some people will enjoy the, the freedom and blah, blah, blah to, to be fully remote. Fantastic. Go sell software, procure software, or in companies that are doing this. And then uh, and that don't need to be physically there. Go there, right? But if you like that, if you like to to drive and then go there and then meet other people and be in this environment, um, find people like this and and actually try to find them, right? By exclusively filtering out people that want to be remote. Um, and this needs to be intentional. Otherwise, you're going to get folks that are coming there for the perk and then it sucks for them and they're going to leave. Um, so this needs to be super intentional, just like in a fully remote setup. You need to be intentional who you're going to let in. If you have someone that like, hey, I want to meet people in office and then just, or let's meet in coffee shop like every day, um, this guy, this person will be miserable. They will be miserable in this kind of uh, asynchronous, uh, kind of documentation heavy type of environment. Uh, so right. that's right. my my uh, my cool. thought on that. Cool. So I, I kind of see you sort of side with Elon on this a bit, right? He sort of pushes it for. Especially in the manufacturing, I guess it, it definitely makes sense. Okay, next question. Well, is... well just to correct here, uh, sure. With e in Elon's side, I think uh, <laughs> I I side with him for uh, Tesla and SpaceX. I think that's fantastic what he built right. as a as a as a culture I mean, as, as a company a office yeah. culture. I don't know like yeah. the exact like intricacy of it. Like maybe it's toxic. I don't know. And right. But in the case of Twitter, uh, oh, yeah. I think it's kind of a mistake. Um, I think okay. it's kind of a mistake. But I know that they run on a very, very old infrastructure, which like they actually have servers. Right. Uh, so in their in their case, they're not like purely cloud cloud. There's right. stuff there are people right. that need to go there and babysit. I don't right. know the extent of it, 
but I, I, in my in my view, um, slashing the remote on Twitter right. might be like a big mistake that we'll, we'll see maybe in the future. I don't know. Right. But in case right. of SpaceX and Tesla, which they have to manufacture things, right. I think that the intentional in-office culture was a good move. Okay, cool. Uh, now I'll give you another tricky situation, which is, um, and, and and this is why I can imagine a lot of executives think about, are, are thinking about the site, especially manufacturing executives, which is, okay, I removed the hybrid and everybody hated it, right? Because, you know, they're friends, they have this ability to go and work from, I don't know, New York City, Sao Paulo, wherever they want. And now I work for company X, and just because I work for company X, I have to be in the office, and it absolutely sucks. Um, but but like you said, hybrid, I, I guess it's quite clear, but hybrid doesn't work. So um, what can sort of leaders do or executives do to create a good office culture for manufacturing companies, right? Like we take the conversation into that into that direction. And, and then I also want to touch about like for software companies, what would be a good way to create a good remote culture. You talked a little bit about asynchronous, synchronous communication. So first, two-part question. First, in-office manufacturing, how do you create a good culture? Um, and then second one is, how do you create a good remote culture? Yeah, so this is this is a very, very good question because this is where we're, we're he said, the, the person said exactly the same thing. Like, okay, cool. So let's not do hybrid, what do I do then? Like, what's what, uh, what you're telling me? Um, you make it as awesome as possible to be uh, to be uh, in office. I think this is the first thing. If it and it's going to be more awesome if there's more people. If it's truly hybrid, like a, like the, you're going hybrid, what will happen is that people will feel disconnected and the the office will look dead. Right? I've been in these hybrid offices uh, for even some big companies and in in, the, in big uh, big banks. There's no one there, right? So why even have the office? If you if you cannot have it, don't have it. But if you have to, like then it, it becomes like a drag. You 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 take your car, you go over there, it sucks, there's no one, and then you get out. Even if you're an in, in office person, you're gonna say, like, hey man, uh, I'll work for somebody else, like that, uh, have more of like a vibrant culture, right? And then the exec will like, hey, how do I make my culture more vibrant and stuff? Like cut that, cut the hybrid that is not going well, um, and and commit. To, to something and then when you when you're gonna commit here um you're gonna have to do some filtering on the people get the people that like to be there and motivate them yourself be in that office right so what it means is like the exec you go there CEO be there right the VPs be there everybody will be there in the office and this is an amazing opportunity for everybody around because in a remote culture you don't get that I get the the, the, the the CEO whatever to be there physically with you but you can reach the, to them uh, asynchronously, right? Uh, or like uh, you send them an invite, maybe they will accept it and stuff. Um, but in office, you can walk to your president and just talk to him if you want to, right? Um, so the first thing is you make this as awesome as awesome an experience and as intentional as possible. Um, you 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 make that happen, um, and you 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 try to. Uh, uh, make it filter the folks. That's the two things that we'll do first. The third thing is um, you um, capitalize on the weakness of remote work. What do I mean by that? Is that if you look at very successful remote company, um, they usually 
don't have um, don't have lots of junior folks, right? And junior folks, like it, it depends on the kind, right? There's the kind of junior folks that uh, we know folks like this, like they they're junior, but like they have lifetime of experience in like some kind of software and stuff, and they're like researcher and they love it. Um, it's Nikita I'm talking about. We have we have them. We had them in, in the podcast. So these kind of people like that are very driven. They will love it remote because they they are already in this kind of environment where like okay I'm I'm uh, contributing this to this open source uh, thing. I never met anyone, but I want to contribute. I like the stuff, right? Uh, but most junior folks that are are people that are students that are starting their career, if they go into a remote fully remote company, they will struggle a lot because they don't have the same context as everybody that is more senior and uh, that have. Um, so the onboarding will be more difficult. The communication, how to communicate in this type of environment will be more difficult. Um, if you're a very senior guy and then you, you go into a remote company, uh, you already have a lot of context. So the only thing that you have to learn is like maybe how to communicate and then you're good. But usually if like you're a very senior guy in like software, you already know how, all of that. Um, so you will see that they're more senior dense than junior. Uh, but when you look at um, uh, man manufacturing company or like in-office company, one thing that they can absolutely capitalize on is to uh, get more junior people and train them and then upscale them and have them have the best experience that they can have on, on, uh, uh, on being there. Uh, and these people will stay there for, for a while, right? Because they're learning uh, like a lot they're upskilling themselves. They see a path forward. Uh, well, if they go and try to get a job in the remote company, they will sit there. It's kind of this distance and this lack and this slowness in the in growing. So that's the third thing I would say that uh, an in-office company can do to make it absolutely uh, uh, more workable is to uh, veer more into like we're gonna train people and upskill them, and then the senior people that we have that loves office. A culture they will they will they will be in this environment with a lot of energy and this is what you need to to set up uh, uh properly and this works like it's not it's not it's no um it's no secret it was already working before but by by the force of the status quo now that things have changed a bit and people have different expectation um kind of been shaken up a bit but there's still a misunderstanding about like how to do it right and i think this for in office is the way forward um That was oh, the first perfect. question. Any question? Yeah. So the the second one, maybe you forgot it, is about like okay, that's that's for 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 working in office. How about remote? How do you let's say you you do have a company that has a huge software component, right? And it's kind of like separate from the from from the hardware. So maybe like the the company that does the software inside cars or something, which is that's what you're focused. You're still in the manufacturing sector. But your main product is a software. So for them, uh, I guess you had a strong position about remote being the way to go and not hybrid again. Um, how can leaders in those companies create a good remote culture? What will be like the top three, four things you think are absolutely necessary um, with with remote? Because because uh, one of the things that's happened after the pandemic is like you know remote was kind of like the cool thing during the times of pandemic. But as we got out of pandemic. Um, not a lot of companies liked remote. They were like, hey, there's like more mental stress. There's so many meetings. There's this, there's that. And not everybody loved it. So based on your experience, what are the few 
uh, must-haves for a remote company for it to be successful? Yeah, well, first off, you have to check yourself if you can do that as an executive. Um, if you like to be around people and then like, uh, like, it won't work. It will absolutely will hate it. Right? If you're the one that hates it, out of everybody else, you're gonna make it tank. It won't work. Right? So in my case, I have a strong uh, um, positioning toward remote. Uh, by the by, the way of thing, I did almost all my PhD uh, and my my master. Um, Kind of remotely and it worked well right i was able to produce a lot um and uh, uh that's kind of just my personality so when i i knew that the pandemic was there and then it, it was really serious we had the decision like hey do we want to go enough be make it in office culture which will be like delayed in time or do we do like fully remote and i was like let's do it fully remote other people were on board we did that that's the first thing you you go for it. You don't try to like be in between. And I think this is the, the hesitation that is that is problematic when you're in between and then you don't, there's no clear direction about what the culture you're, you're setting. That's bad. Um, so that's the first thing you you you, you go for it. Uh, and to make it work, there's a few things that you need that in office might not be uh uh might not be needed. So one thing is to be radically like transparent, and that's one of our core value at, uh, at Axia. But um, you have to do that. You have to be like very, very transparent in the communication. Um, and um, in an in-office type of culture, you don't have to do that. Like in, let's say, uh, Apple, which is famous for their their like HQ and stuff. Um, one of their values is almost like secrecy. Like some teams don't know what the other teams are doing. They're kind of in their home bubble. Um, it's fine. It's totally fine because it's working, right? And in office culture, you can have that and not have total transparency. It's fine. It can it can work like this. But in a remote setting, if you don't have to, uh, you don't have, uh, you have like a, a a thing occluding the views and stuff. You're gonna get meetings because people want to know stuff or like you're gonna say something and people are like, I didn't read that anywhere. Why we're doing this? Oh, and then you you walk back your thought process. Well, if you make things more transparent from the get-go, anyone can poke around and, and find like the, the thought. And if they ask you a question, you can point them to the right thing. And they, by default, they will have access to it. Um, so don't try to run this via email, uh, which is very difficult to get everybody on board. Try to make a communication vector that is kind of more transparent by default, where you can see other people kind of um, uh, what they're saying and then how operations are, are running in different setups. So, high visibility this is what you need you need on the communication stack like your task things you need to be like very transparent about that your your uh, documentation need to be kind of available for everybody if like someone in product wants to know like hey i need to write write like this release note but like how it's going to be used they're going to go into the process of the marketing department they look at it and like okay. it's kind of how that like on the, the end product and understand i don't need to book a meeting with you um, so that's the thing. This first thing is to be like uh, um, super transparent. Second thing is you need to be like super objective centric. I, it should not matter how many how many hours people are working. Right? Contractually, yes, but like it should not matter if someone takes takes twenty two hours to do the job. You should not be mad to find this out if you're you're telling them I want this done and then they did it in twenty two hours. The rest of the time they're on the beach. It's fine. <laughs> it should be fine that this is happening. Um, and these people are struggling. Like uh, 
they want to have like, hey, I'm paying you 40 hours. I want you in, on the seat for 40 hours. Um, but that's just a problem with like what you're expecting expecting from them. In a, in office culture, um, people need to go there anyway, right? So I would I would uh, uh, I would say in, in this kind this kind of setting, either like you can still have this objective centric, but you can make it work with just like a hour kind of. Uh, view about the thing because if they have to commit one hour in one hour out well at least make the hours count over there right and then just have the stuff but in a remote culture like you can log in any times you want and you can still like go on a hike and think about your stuff and, and things like that um so yeah like a like a, in a remote setting you make it absolutely objective centric so you have to kind of brush up your game in terms of objective and communicate that clearly if you're very poor at this and poor at setting the vision and direction People will wait, and they will not be as as uh, as good. And then you you're gonna wonder why we're 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 not pushing further. We are not pushing further because you haven't set any goalposts uh, anywhere. Um, set them, and then empower the right people, and, and have them there. The third thing is rely heavily on senior folks, people that know what they're doing, that you can trust to like uh, be uh, uh, have context in their head that are good at communicating asynchronously because of their experience that's kind of what i would uh, i would i would do first and foremost like a super like buy in super transparency uh, objective centric and you get senior folks okay cool uh, makes that makes a lot of sense now there's a few concerns about remote work, and I want to sort of touch up and get your perspective on it. Um, and you, you will often hear stuff like, you know, there's there's just something about water cooler conversations when two people from different departments um, just are going to grab a cup of coffee, they have a conversation, talk about what you're working on. And this sort of helps drives a lot of energy, helps people connect to each other. Um, yeah, and removes a lot of layers of friction. And then, there's also something about when some people get together in a room and try to like solve a problem face to face there's there's this kind of like impact or magic that happens first how do you recreate that in the remote world or can you even recreate that um in the remote world and yeah how do you yeah how do you sort of like when you're a fully remote company and people are in different parts of the world how do you make sure that this is also sort of happening uh, properly. Because another thing that can happen if you have a lot of meetings or even if you have a lot of asynchronous communication, us as human beings or emotional creatures, we sort of like start to feel that disconnect. So what are some of the things you can do to to counter that? Very good point. And um, it, it comes down to the type of folks you're getting, right? Um, there is a spectrum. Some people don't want to see anybody, right? Uh, should you hire them only? Maybe not. Some people want to see everybody every time, every day, all the time, right? That's a there's a whole spectrum in there. Um, that these folks, yeah, they should not, absolutely not get into remote. If they have like every day, I need to meet someone and, and like from my office and be talking to them. You take that person and you redirect them to an in-office type of culture. And the people are in office, you get these these folks, right? Those that are pumped take their car, go somewhere, and be with people all the time, right? Um, and then there's the other people which, like, don't need that many uh, interaction, right, um, and uh, to function, right? We, we still all need interaction to be, like, uh, fully complete human beings and have a culture that, that works. 
So even fully remote company, they will do uh, meetings and get togethers. Uh, remote doesn't equate um, being at home alone, like all your life, right? That's not that's not what this is about. It's the it's the freedom to do your work um, however you want. Uh, that's really what remote is, right? That's 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 the that's all there is. We could all be remote and living on the same block. That would still work, right? So the thing here, you have to understand that uh, um, the more you, uh, the thing is fragmented, right? The more you need people like on the I don't want to meet anyone anytime, uh, anywhere, right? If you have one person at each country in the world. You will need to have more of these people. If you have a hub, right, where people could theoretically meet together, you can veer more into the side of, I don't need to meet uh, uh, like people often, but I still like to meet people. This is realistically, if you're trying to make a big company, that's what will happen, right? If you have a project with like five specialists, you get these folks. Like the, you get you get only the, these folks that will work, right? But if you have to hire a, a kind of a massive person, you will have to build your company around hubs where people can kind of meet together at least to satisfy these this basic uh, this basic need in the, this gradient. And to 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 my point, these folks that don't mind to meet together to uh, to uh, uh, work stuff out, they always existed in uh, in software. Um, the 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 most uh, um, uh, used and powerful uh, open source uh, software are made by people that don't even know their name. They don't even know the the like the the other, the other folks. It's a purely purely. Hey, I just want to work on this stuff, and I don't need to know you. Let's just work together and get this done, and I can use that for whatever my purpose is. Right? Um, that's a, on the complete extreme, and it's fine. It's working, and it's working very well. Uh, now, can you build a full? company like this, I would say it's a bit too risky. I would veer more into like this hub structure and grow the uh, grow the company like this. This is well, the first thing. The second thing is that you should uh, encourage people to meet together, right? If you have hubs, you should encourage people to meet together and they should like all, be so encouraged that they kind of meet spontaneously for like, hey, I want to take coffee and then take the coffee together. Or like there's a bunch of dinner that take place or like there's some meeting that take place. Um, that's absolutely crucial. Uh, and whenever you have something very, a very thorny problem, right? Um, you get people in the same room and you work on the strategy together. Um, and this, you can do it on a quarterly basis. Let's say with the manager, you fly people somewhere and you do that. Um, uh, and that's kind of that's kind of it. And then, uh, and in a purely remote setting, I would say, once or twice a year, you fly everybody. And then you put them into a same retreat for like a week to create this kind of connection. Even if like you don't uh, you don't like meeting people often, this one time you'll be like, cool. And then this will satisfy everybody in this mesh, this network of people for the year at least. And then they will go back to their hubs and then they work together. Um, that's kind of the best. Uh, uh, I read a lot about it, and that's kind of the best way to create the to reduce your risk of creating a. Uh, uh, a remote culture that kind of crumbled into itself. Uh, so last parting question, Yesen. Um, what is uh, one piece of advice you would give to supply chain and manufacturing executives about this whole remote work? Um, specifically uh, around, um, let's say, they have 
two types of departments and they're separate from each other. So they don't really need to be together. What's kind of like one or two piece of parting advice you'd give these executives? Yeah, you really have, like in my opinion, you have two choices, right? Either you do the work and then you create this in office culture and then you bring people in procurement and whatever uh, other sector that could technically be outside of your company. And then you find this, these people that like that, that, that are on the spectrum of, I want to see people every day. And you make it nice enough so that people want to come and then they have a good time, right? You do that. Or you outsource these functions. And I think it's important because if you're doing the hybrid thing and people start to feel disconnected, you will get that. You will get as if you were outsourcing these folks and then they're just separate from the company. So if this happens anyway, because you can't find a pool of, I don't know, procurement specialists in your area, you will be better off outsourcing this somewhere and treating these people as uh, external. Um, because then your actual people that are in your company that only focus on your company will know that there's not an external party that is just like uh, absolutely random. Um, and then they, they they will not be as as uh, as as uh, as uh, uh, bothered by the fact that the uh, function is outside. I think that's that's really the 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 two main choice um, that you have, and it's 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 a valid one, like to to be outsourcing this uh, this function um, and uh, this kind of discussion about like um, hey, what do we do if like things are external, like big big corporation they always see that they like they've been dealing with this problem forever right even if you have an office right at some point there's maybe many offices all around the world um and what ends up happening is that there's a we versus us that is always happening normally into like a uh in office uh, a kind of culture because then you have two two branches and what end up happening is that these branches are kind of separate from each other distinctly You'll see the people from here and the people from there, and they have a different type of culture. Um, it's kind of normal to have that, right? Yes, we should strive strive to get this match a bit mesh to, a bit together, but it's 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 absolutely normal to uh, to have it this way. So if you have to do that with your function, I would say go ahead. Um, I will still um, say that you should uh, should think about it uh, more of a um, of working on communication all the time, um, whether 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 it's in office or like. Uh, uh, remote or, or whatnot, the communication need to be clear, even more so if you're more global and you have these different branches. Uh, if you have that, you have the different branches, like one scope, one problem scope at a time, right? You're better dealing with the scope of like, let's say the England people and then the Germany people that kind of have difficulty understanding each other. Good, that's a, a good problem. But if the Germany people within themselves have problem understanding each other, that's a big issue. Solve this first. And then for the more global thing, that's another, uh, a whole other discussion I think we can have. Yeah, definitely. I think that some of the tips you gave around communication, they work both ways. Uh, so yeah, like, I guess it's, it's actually, if you look at companies that are working in multiple branches, this branch is remote to the other branch in, in a way, right? So it, it, all of those exactly, things yeah. sort of like, uh, Start to clear up it. All right. Thank you so much, Yasin. That's all the time that we have today. It was a very, very interesting chat. Um, if you guys have any questions or anything you would like to ask, uh, please feel free to reach out Yasin on LinkedIn or me. And yeah, stay tuned. Hit subscribe to get any updates as soon as we release a new episode.
And yeah, have a wonderful day.